I want you to turn to one of my favorite books in the Bible, the Songs of Solomon. You wouldn't know that because I'm such a romanticist. I go around my house quoting Songs of Solomon to my wife. My love, my fair one, come away. She said, shut up. But uh, I do, I, I, I try to, I quote a little Shakespeare, a little Shakespeare two or two. Uh, uh, Hell hath not known a woman's fury or something like that. But anyways, a uh, little Shakespeare. Uh, song, songs of Songs, Songs of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as a grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. Then the text verse. Many waters cannot quench love. I've been quoting that to my wife all afternoon. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man will give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be contemned. You can't buy love. Or money can't buy you love, however you want to word that. No. Many waters will not and cannot quench love. Love is the born-again Christian's motivator. Some people may think independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James, Bible, window rattling, shingle pulling, Red-faced, Baptist, hellfire, damnation, King James Bible people are cruel and mean. We're not. We're full of love. And the reason we are what we are is we're motivated not by duty. Now, let me, let me just be practical. Sometimes in life you have to just do your duty. If it's right to do, do it, right? Have you ever watched... Uh, the movie called Saving Private Ryan, when they, were, when they made a landing on Omaha Beach. It was one of the most realistic reproductions of what happened on Omaha Beach where 50% of the men died. I talked to uh, Bob Rose's brother, by the way, who was in the Omaha Beach landing. And he, for 30 minutes, described to me, for the first time ever, according to what she said, that he ever would talk about it, his Omaha Beach experience. And the men in those LSTs that were going, 50% of them to certain death, and the rest of them wounded, many of them wounded, never to be right. We're not doing that out of ushy-gushy, emotional, feely-weely, politically correct. They were doing it out of duty and out of love for their country and for their family and for the, the rights that we have that we so easily and freely exercise, and for freedom isn't free. And so, many waters cannot quench love. The kind of love the Bible's talking about is the love that sent Jesus to the cross. When he was in Gethsemane, sweating as it were drops of blood, at his word, he could have changed the course of things. See, the biggest thing about the crucifixion and the Passion Week 
is that at any moment in that time, Christ could have changed it. With one word, he could have changed it. But he chose to submit to the wicked hands of men through all of what he went through. Why? Duty? Love. Love. If you can wrap your mind as a born-again believer around this thing called love, the love of God and his love for us, you will be faithful unto death. You will not be faithful unto death just doing your duty, but you will be faithful unto death as love and duty combined together. That's the old Don Sicilio where he says we get to do this. We get to serve God. We get to give. We get to sacrifice. Praise God for it. Because there's going to come a day, no matter how much Ben Atto would like to witness, he can't witness anymore. It's over. He did what he could when he could it, and brother, he did what he could when he could. It was beautiful. He talked about souls and winning people to Christ and sharing your faith. Good emphasis, by the way. Why? What motivated all that? Selfishness? Love. Love. Man, what's it take to be a good Christian? You got to have love. God is love, and we take after our Father, who is love, and we ask Him to give us the same kind of love that Jesus had. And many waters cannot quench love. You'll not get offended out of it. You'll not get betrayed out of it. You'll not get disappointed out of it. No one and nothing, the very gates of hell, cannot prevail against those motivated by love. Christian love. Many waters cannot quench love. Love makes folks do crazy things. That's a dead Baptist bug. Love makes folks do many crazy things that sometimes make no sense at all. How many would say amen to that? Love causes a man to leave his parents. That's crazy. You know that's crazy. Kathy came around, and I don't know, I went crazy. I left my mom and dad's home. I left a nice free place to stay, Tom. I mean, I, I left a warm and friendly environment. I left good, well-cooked meals because nobody cooks like their mama. My wife. My wife was 18 years old. She could barely boil water. And, and she's not offended that. By the way, do not take up her offense. That's a whole nother sermon. You let her be offended for her. And she'll tell me, all the way home, I got a 30-minute ride. She can take care of herself, girls. Trust me on that. An Irish woman. By the way, today I, we, had a, we had somebody from Sweden, born and raised in Sweden here today. And I was able to talk to him, chat with him a little bit. And, of course, uh, Eileen mentioned I didn't have any gray hair and, the guy looked at me and he said, he said, your mother was Swedish. I said, yeah, my mother was Swedish. He says, oh, 
You're Viking. So all afternoon I've been telling my wife, I am a Viking. She said, oh, no. <laughs> Going around the house, I'm a Viking. A Viking. I left two people who loved me even when I was bad. My mom and dad. So did you. Two people who would die for me to protect me and for my best interests. I left the toys, the boats, the cars, all at my disposal. I left free vacations, never had to pay for a vacation in Florida. Went with mom and dad over and over. All expense paid, trips. My dad was real adventuresome. He took us everywhere. I got to, uh, I had someone who would clean my clothes without complaining. I never remember my mother saying a thing negative about washing my clothes. Not one thing. She did the dishes. Now, I have to say, she made us do the dishes for about five years. Three boys, five years each. We did the dishes. Maintained the house. She helped maintain the house we lived in. But a young man or a young woman will leave all of that like it is worthless and of no value. Why would they do that? Love. Many waters cannot quench love because love is crazy. My world standards. Our text makes this statement, and it caught my eye because I thought about God's love for man could not be quenched. God's love for man. I'm sweating. Are you sweating? I'm going to say you're sweating. Raise your hand. Hot flash. Hot flash, Bobby. Can't help you. If you want to turn that one degree down, go for it. But many waters can't quench it. God's love could not be quenched. It could not be quenched by my disobedience. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died. It couldn't be quenched by your disobedience. While, I was, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. Before you were born, before you were conceived or thought of, in the mind of God, you already were thought of, born, conceived, and dead. Already, already the, he sees the beginning to the end. Doesn't mean he determines what comes out, but he knows what's going to come out and reacts to it such. It cannot be quenched by our disobedience, even in a direct command with foreknowledge and presumption. Man sinned against God and disobeyed his word. What is disobedience, folks? What is it? Disobedience is disrespect. Disobedience is attacking the wisdom and character of the one given the command. Disobedience is pride by assuming your way is better than their way. Disobedience is anarchy and chaos and breaks all the consistency and repeatability. Yet the fire of God's love for us could not be quenched by all of that. Couldn't be quenched. He pursued us in love. You understand how many times 
you've directly disobeyed God, and yet he still loves you? How many times you have offended him, insulted him, attacked his character in person, not read his book, that people gave their lives for? Thousands of times. Yet the fire of God's love is not quenched toward you. God's love for us was not quenched by our disloyalty. All our betrayals of his love never never has quenched it. All our traitor-like actions never have quenched it. We choose ourselves, our interests, our goals, our our desires, our way over his way so many times. Yet his love is not quenched. We We deny his name, whether it be passively or actively, but not speaking when we should or, or speaking how we should or standing up for him like we should in a crowd, yet he still loves us. His love for us was not quenched by our disgusting behavior, smell, or our filthiness. You do not understand and I do not understand how hard it was for Christ to be around sinful creatures. He came out of the holiness of the temple of God in heaven and came down among men, among a cesspool of sin and wickedness. And not only that, I mean physically, the smell of decay is ever. The earth is not a place of life. It is a place of death. Everything around you is dying. You people from up north, there's no leaves on the trees anymore, are there? It's death up there. That's one of the things I had trouble with in Indiana. Northern Indiana, man, a certain time of year, everything died. It just looked barren. It looked like you were on moonscape. And I was like, oh, Jesus, deliver me. And he answered my prayer. Our vulgarities could not be quenched by his love. Our repulsive, vile speech could not be disgusted away to a place we didn't love us. Our literal stench could not quench his love. Because God loves us. He really, really, really loves you. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. It also experientially tells me so. I like the song, The Love of God. It says, The love of God is so rich and pure, so measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels song. Now listen to this verse was found, reportedly found on, written on a wall of an insane asylum. This verse, this next verse. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Could we with ink the oceans fill and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk of earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. 1 John 4.10 said, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. That's what it's all about. And sent his son to be a propitiation to cover our sins. Even more than that, to justify us in his sight. I, I, I can't put my mind around it. 
I don't think I'll get it all till I may not even get it all, but when I get in heaven someday, it may be sink into me a little bit. That God has really, 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 really loved me. Because I sure don't deserve it, neither do you. Once for all in love with Jesus, and once you, or once you fall, I should say, once you fall in love with Jesus as your Savior, songs of Solomon verse will come true. Many waters will not quench your love. Because the love of this kind demands our best, my all, and my life. 1 John 4, 19, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. He pulled me out of a miry pit and set my feet upon a solid rock. He's established my going. Put a new song in my mouth. Praise unto my God. Man, I've come a long way. I think sometimes, and I think it's healthy sometimes to read your own biography, go back and see where you came from. Uh, the other day, I've been, in fact, I've been meditating for a few months on how many times God, how many near-death experiences and how many near-horrible experiences I had that God saved me from. God saved me from them. I'm trying to get them down to where I can preach around it somehow, but I haven't been able to get it down yet. But man, it's been a lot of them. And I've been just asking, they've been coming back to me over some of my childhood and some of my areas that God just, he just, he just moved around and saved me from this and saved me from that. God's doing that for you. He's doing that for you. Our love for Jesus cannot be quenched by any amount of disappointment. Christians have disappointments. We have failed economies, don't we? We lose it. There's been a few in this church. I've been there 41 years. And I've, I've gone through three, four Black Tuesdays, I call them. That's when your wealth evaporates. Your 401k goes from woohoo to uh-oh. We've had people in this church go from $10 million to $1 million in one day. You say, well, at least got a million dollars left. Yeah, but that don't mean much when you lost nine. Amen. I'd have been mad at myself if I didn't go down by a couple Harleys. But I mean, failed employments. You got a job, you gave them your whole life. Just before retirement time, they cut you off, fired you for some some stupid reason just to get out of paying you or whatever, how that happens on a regular basis. We have failed friends. Sometimes you think somebody's a friend, they'll turn on you. How many times have we heard about that? Failed plans. You made plans and dreams, but they never happened. That's why I say make, make your dreams God's dreams. Many waters cannot quench love. You can go through all of that, and you'll march right through that like it wasn't even a problem if you love God. If you really love Him, you'll march right through that. I know born-again Christians that love God, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're old leathernecks, man. They're tough. They can, take good, they can take hard times, and if I may say, they can even take good times. Love for Jesus cannot be quenched by disasters either. Cancer won't quench it. Injuries won't quench it, and traumas won't quench it, divorces won't quench it, wayward children won't quench it, and hypocritical Christians won't quench it, and failing preachers won't quench it. There will be no good excuse for you to turn away from Jesus and His work when you see Him face to face. You got that? Yeah, but you don't know this deacon. You don't know this preacher. You don't know that. That's not going to sound very good in front of Jesus who died for you. 
who never disappointed you, who never hurt you, but did everything to help you. That's not going to sound, that's going to be mighty, mighty tinny sounding in front of God. It may sound good down here. Oh, the reason I don't go to church, how many people I meet door to door, the reason I don't go to church anymore because somebody did this or somebody did that or they betrayed me or they were hypocritical. I said, look, the church is full of hypocrites. We ask them to come. The church is full of sick people. It'd be like you going down to the hospital down here at Lee Health and saying, are there any sick people in here? Because if there are, I don't want to come. Yes, that's what we're open for. We're trying to help sick people. That's the church, man. We're trying to help sick people. We're trying to help handicapped folks. We're trying to help, we're trying to help folks who, who need to go to heaven and need help. Expect to get among them and find some immature ones and find some mean ones and find some uh, idiotic ones and find some crazy ones. But that's not going to affect my walk with God. Why? Many, many waters cannot quench love. You're not going to let it happen, man. You're not going to let it happen. No. This will keep you going whenever, when, when a lot of people fail. This will make the difference between ending well or, or flopping the last lap of life. Being in love with Jesus will not be quenched by any amount of resistance. No embarrassments will stop it. No flub-ups are going to stop it. No mistakes will stop it. No persecutions will stop it. No shame will stop it. No amount of being rewarded evil for good will stop it. Oh, the preacher, he came up and rebuked me for something, hurt my feelings. I think I'm leaving. You ought to think real hard about that. Whose church is this? Is this the preacher's church or is this God's church? Is this the preacher's church or is this the church that Jesus Christ died for and built? I'd be real slow to abandon God's church. Pastor McKinney, when I was working as assistant pastor under him, Pastor McKinney was an old bartender, got saved. He was a Marine bartender that got saved. Got saved later in life, about 34 years old, 33 years old. He lived a rough life. He was a, he was a big old boy. By the way, he was uh, thick. McKinney was thick. He didn't look heavy, but he weighed about 240 pounds, but he didn't look 240. You wouldn't want to mess with old McKinney when he was younger. And he was a rough talker when he got saved. And once in a while, I'd do something he didn't like, and hell, he'd lay it on me. He told me one time, he said, you're the worst assistant pastor I ever had. I said, well, how many have you had? He said, I've had about six or seven. Oh, I beat them all. Which later he came back and apologized to me about it. But, you know, people leave the church over that kind of stuff. One time he was upset about people not being in choir. He was real big on singing. You would have loved him because he wanted people to be, he wanted everybody to be in choir. He couldn't understand you not being in choir. And he'd chew on you for not being in choir. He'd say you're hiding your voice under a bushel and God's going to judge you. And I mean, he'd go into he'd go into it, buddy. And, he'd, and he didn't care if he liked it or not. One time, uh, uh, somebody walked in the back that probably should have been in choir. And he says, you know, I'd be ashamed if I was you not being in choir, right in front of the whole group. That person got offended, never came back. I got the job of going and visiting them. And I said, why'd you leave? And he says, well, your preacher embarrassed me publicly. I said, Jesus was embarrassed publicly. He still loved you. Jesus was stripped naked in front of a whole bunch of people. 
He was mocked every way you can mock somebody. He loved you. I wouldn't leave the church over that. He's human. Preacher's human. Preacher struggles. Of course, he was deeply, deeply hurt that he said that. One time he got up in front of the folks. You know, traffic sometimes gets on your nerves down here. No offense, Matt, but in the summertime, it's pretty easy driving around here. But when you winter folks come down, it doubles our population, doubles our population. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're not ready for it. We don't have the road system for it. And sometimes when you're in the far right lane, you decide you want to take a left and you go all across four lanes without a directional. It bothers us some. You know, you're from a town of 500 people. You don't even look left or right when you pull on the road because there's nobody on the road. I get it. I get it. You come down here, there are people on the road. You got to watch. You got to have your heads up. You got to be, you got to be what's going on and everything else. I'll never forget him. He was frustrated one day about all that. And he got up in front of the people and he said, I wish you New Yorkers would go north and take a Canadian under each arm. <laughs> Later on, I said, preacher, I thought we were asking him to come. Oh, he said, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have got in front of the whole church. I'm not sure any there were any Canadians or New Yorkers that day. I remember Bill and Eileen. What? Yeah. Bill and Eileen Langford were here that day. They were from Canada. It was their first day here. And Bill and Eileen said, boy, we thought about never coming back, but they came back. They were good people, loved, loved God, knew he made, you know, he was sorry he said it. He was sorry. Let me say this. If you've never said anything you're sorry for, I'm going to take your pulse. Because <laughs> you're not in the, you're, you're an alien, man. They're talking about these a UFO alien thing. Maybe you are one. But, I mean, man, we all do stupid stuff, say stupid stuff, but many waters will not quench love. You're not going to quench it. You get married to a woman and you decide to love her, she can do all kinds of crazy stuff, but you're going to love her. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's the for better or for worse, sickness and health, rich or poor, till death do us part. Many waters. This will make you a success in your Christian life. It's, it's about this simple. I didn't say it was easy. Because love will cost you. Love costs you. Love has to do with giving. For God so loved, what did he do? He gave. Give people some room to make mistakes. Give some people some room to be stupid. Give people some room to be rude. Give people some room to offend you. Don't have, your, don't have a chip on your shoulder looking for somebody to knock it off. Man, just let all that stuff go. God loves us and gave himself for us. And he loves these people in this room, by the way, and gave himself for us. And those people that are watching live stream, he loves you and gave himself for you. Jim McCullum was successful as a Christian because he had love that many waters would not quench. Ernie Stewart was successful as a Christian because he had Love that many waters would not quench. Bill Hentorn, Bill, if you're watching, has been successful as a born-again Christian because he had love that many waters would not quench. Tom Gillespie, 
so far. I don't want to give him too early here, but been successful partially because he's had he's had love that many bus kids would not quench. I like Revelation 1.5 says, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God and brother uh, Todd as a sweet-smelling savor. Tying the Old Testament New Testament together. Many waters cannot quench love. You say, how do I get this love, preacher? You got to get born again. You get born again. Come to Jesus and ask him to forgive you your sins, save you. Believe that he died and was buried and rose again the third day with all your heart. And God will take it over. And just decide that I'm not going to get offended. Brother McKinney said one time from the pulpit, I'm unoffendable. And it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't an hour later he got offended. I went to him, I said, preacher, I thought you said you were unoffended. He said, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. I told Chris Barrows and Thomas, I work with them pretty close, I said, boys, I'm unoffendable until the next time you offend me. But I'm not going to quit loving you just because you do. Love is unquenchable. Many waters won't quench it if you really have the kind of love God has for us. I said, who am I that I would be recipient of the love of God? Father, help us tonight. May we understand this truth. May it sink deeply into the hearts of your people. Those listening in, watching, my God in heaven, do a great mighty work which you know not tonight. If you're bitter tonight or if you're, if you're uh, disappointed in God tonight, why don't you repent of that? For whatever it is, you don't know, preacher, what I went through. don't have to know. I know what Jesus went through. And I know for God so loved us, he gave us his only begotten son. I know what the Father went through. There's nothing that's going to happen to you that, that God hasn't gone through and understand it. And he said, love, love, keep loving. For God is love. Help us to have it, to exercise it daily. This is to preach, this is a sermon that could save your marriage. Why do marriages split? Oftentimes, just lack of love, lack of forgiveness, bitterness, breaking up, dividing. Sin always divides. Sin somewhere. You don't have to let that happen. You can say, we're not going to do it. As far as me and my house, I'm going to have love. The love of God. As old songs of Solomon said so long ago, many waters cannot quench love. God help it to be us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.